2: week, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us. Hope uh, if you were listening on uh, one of the Super Talk Mississippi radio stations that cover the entire state, that uh, things are good for you. Maybe you're in your car uh, moving around the Magnolia State. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, it's the home of a lot of, of, a lot of things, including Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. And, Michael Borky, today would be a good day. Yes,
3: it would. A little Seven, windy.
2: Yeah, a little little bit of a breeze, but uh, 72 in
3: mid-January, we'll deal with it. Oh, for sure. And a little PSA. I know you're in the middle of a read, and I'm disrupting that. That's okay. Uh, tonight, time for a PSA, but wh- okay. Wh- while people are sleeping tonight, it, it, we got bad weather coming through. Possible tornadoes, stuff like that. It's going to happen in the dark uh, after most of you uh, have gone to bed, unless you're a night owl like me. So just... Uh, you know do all the preparations and stuff because there's according to the smart people a chance for a tornado or two coming across the state that kind of stuff tonight late tonight like nine ten o'clock if you live in central mississippi so after the kids go to bed and all that
2: we will uh, we will hope that uh, the smart people are dumb on this one
3: that uh, yep, uh, as always get
2: some rain some thunderstorms and move on it's gonna be a little bit cooler to uh, tomorrow But as I was saying, if you wanted to play golf today, it would have been a great day at Dancing Rabbit Golf. And there will be other warm days during this winter season. And the spring is just around the corner. And so Dancing Rabbit Golf should be on your list. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, both available for you to play. You can book your tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. If you would like to join the conversation, and we would love for you to do just that, CSPIRE text line six oh one eight seven nine four three nine five. Ceasefire Business can give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in Ceasefire country. Check them out online, <laughs> CSPIR.com slash business. Good afternoon, Brian Hayed. Hello. How are you, my friend?
4: Yeah, I didn't I didn't get the invite to Jackson, I see.
2: Well, you know, technically, either did I, but I'm just here, so that's true. <laughs> you know, I that's kind true. of invited myself, if we're being honest. So, uh, you know, yeah, you can just show up wherever you like, I guess. Great lunch, though. Uh, I had a good lunch. Uh, good lunch meeting with, uh, with with Robert and with Ben. Couple of uh, Brookhaven boys uh, that were in the capital city. Got to spend a little time with them uh, today and uh, talk some shop and eat some good grub. So went uh, went fettuccine alfredo and a Caesar salad at lunch. Well, chicken on the
4: fettuccine. A heavy lunch. Time it, to carb load.
2: It, it is kind of a heavy lunch. It is.
4: So say win, you, you, good you good should be uh, pulling. You be pulling a Denzel, Kim, about four oh six, just not nod right off.
2: Well, it's one of two things, right? It's either the energy to power through three hours, or yeah. it hits and you're like, "Hey guys, welcome there back." What, one of the two. One there of
3: the uh, one of the two. There, there's coffee over there. I mean, I'm on my second cup since I've uh, since the clock has turned two. Oh, so yeah, had one this morning also. Yeah, I might grab. Running cup on fumes, here, man. Break. It, uh, it happens So um,
4: the Coke zero
3: here. The, the
2: portal
4: well caffeine
2: right the uh, the portal uh, relatively active or in some cases not active which is uh, a good thing. shall we start uh, with a familiar face that is going to continue to be a familiar face inside Davis Wade Stadium Tulu Griffin maybe the best kick
3: returner in these United States at the collegiate level? He aver- averages, what is it? So the COVID year, it was 37 yards. The last two years, he averages 33 yards per return, which in your mind, you're like, oh, that, that's not that much. How often do you take the ball out of deep into the end zone, right? So let's pretend yeah. that he fields every kick on the goal line, which is not usually how it works out. He is starting field position every time he receives a kick on the 33-yard line. Which is really good starting field yes. position. <laughs> That, that is the average. All right, so so I, I've been a part
2: of the, the Ole Miss radio broadcast for a long time, and Harry Harrison, he has a drum that he beats, and he and David Kellum kind of do it together. That They think about the old 20-yard line and the new 25-yard line, and they're like, if you don't get the ball out to the 25, which more times than not, if you bring it out, you don't get to the 25, then you're starting a possession minus something, my, minus three, Minus seven, you know, what whatever it is. Like you could be at the twenty five at every level of football that's good, better than historically average starting field position. Do this, catch the ball. There is an exception. The exception is if your name is Tulu Griffin. In which case I want you to bring the ball out of the end zone almost every single time. I'll take the risk.
4: Yeah. I mean and if he catches it at the three, we're at the thirty eight. I mean that's that's you know we're we're doing better each time. Yeah, yeah. So great job by Coach Arnett to replace the hole left by Tulu Griffin by getting Tulu Griffin out of the transfer portal. That's fantastic recruiting. Yeah, if you're going
3: to lose a guy like that, you got to go get somebody you know like that. A good returner, exact same guy. Great hair. Uh,
2: I mean, (laughs) all right. So what happened?
4: I think at the end of the day, and you know, it's been it was a process, obviously. I think at the end of the day, he had he had some people in his ear saying you could get this and you could get that at other places, and maybe those other places were in his ear as well. But in the end, familiarity, and I'm and I'm sure. Look, I haven't I don't have any confirmation on this one way or the other, but I am sure that he 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 squared away maybe a little bit more nil money. But at the end of the day, just being at Mississippi State, his teammates and everything else, he decided to stay in Starkville over making a trip elsewhere.
2: Th- this strikes me as one of those deals where you're like, you know what, I'm happy where I am. But I could be happier somewhere else. And so I'm willing to put myself out there to see what the market says. And if that is the way that Tulu Griffin went about it, he he did a good job, right? Because he put himself on the open market... He found out that there was indeed value. I think we all feel confident in saying that Tulu Griffin could have left Mississippi State and gotten a handsome NIL deal somewhere. I don't know where that somewhere is. I don't know if it's in Athens or Auburn or Oxford or Ames, Iowa. But but there are options out there for him. Yeah. But Mississippi State also recognized that, you know what? sometimes you need somebody else to tell you how nice your car is before you're reminded of how nice your car is. And state looks at it. They're able to come up with something to probably sweeten the pot a little bit. And it's a winner all the way around, right? I mean, I think we talked with Charlie Winfield enough and and gleaned enough insight into the way that he's approaching these deals to know that the Bulldog initiative did not bankrupt itself To keep Tulu Griffin. But they also looked at the scenario and said, this is how we can responsibly make it a good deal for him, make it a good deal for Mississippi State, make it a good deal for the Bulldog Initiative, and everybody can move forward and be happy. Except for those people that told him that he needed to jump off a bridge. I I don't know. Maybe they have changed their minds. Now they're hoping that he had a bungee cord attached.
4: Right. Okay. Interesting stat: of the thousands of of players who have entered the transfer portal, twenty five of them have decided to come back to their original school. Only twenty five. Only 25? state got two of them. Wow. Yeah, with Xavier Thomas, Zavion Thomas, and uh, and uh, Tula Griffin, and maybe not done yet. Oh yeah. Still. Who else we got? Still efforting, still working. Although he's committed to Washington, there's still a chance that Dylan Johnson will return to Mississippi hmm. State. We hmm. talked about that. We'll we we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. But State's coaching staff is still in communication with Dylan Johnson, trying to see if they can keep him uh, in the fold here in Starville. Because so he wanted possibly, carries, right?
3: I mean, that, that's why.
4: He... if that's what he wanted, guess what? He's got him. He can get him next year in this yeah. in this offense. So. Hmm.
3: It is interesting, though, right? Because he hits the portal, possibly looked around, fielded some offers, whatever. And that, that may upset some people. I, always have, I feel like I have to put this qualifier on it, that this is college football now. You just you just got to deal with it. Yeah. There There is another SEC player that transferred from one SEC school to another. I don't want to uh, knock a kid, so I'm just going to leave it at that. That hit the portal and got an offer that is far uh, larger than his production and worth. And so he took it, and I, I don't blame him for that, and nor should anybody else. But that that kind of thing is out there. So if players do that, would you fault would you fault your anybody for doing the same thing in their professional life? No, probably not. If somebody's going to offer you more money, a lot more money than you get where you currently are, wouldn't you dip your toes in that well and see? And wouldn't you go fishing in that pond, if you will? This so
4: is, this is what every everybody should be doing. You know, if you can get better offers for your talents, you should be looking at them. That's how that's how life should work. You can't get mad at somebody for doing that.
2: you got to be really happy and really content and in a really good situation to just carte blanche say, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need to test the market. I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't need to go anywhere else. I'm happy. I'm well compensated.
1: Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi, now, now.
2: pulled off a truly amazing Five, three, feat. Uh, hey, Dad, you, you mentioned a second ago I was in Jackson. Here I am, directly across the glass from Michael Borky. I have this computer screen that shows me when the break started, and yet somehow I still managed to talk into the break just a moment ago. It's, it's impressive.
4: Or dumb. That's why you're the lead dog on this show, I guess.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know about that.
3: I don't know. Speaking of lead dogs, did you see uh. Uh, a bully or... Jack attacked the basketball last night. I missed that. Yeah, ball, balls bouncing out of yeah. bounds right over Jack's head. He reaches up, tries to bite the ball as the ball goes by. But a Tennessee player also I
2: nearly ran into a in player. Yeah. yeah. I saw a picture of Jack on, I think it was Tom Hart's Instagram, where he was just like sitting at a table.
3: <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. Just make yourself at home, bud. Yeah, people were comparing it to when... Uh, Ugga tried to bite the Auburn player, and that's not what happened. He wasn't going after the Tennessee. This was much player. more
4: self-defense. Yeah, he was, yeah. Go-
3: and, and the ball was coming right at him, but he was biting at the ball, and and they compared it to the Auburn thing. I was like, no, nah, he wasn't trying to bite a player. He's a good dog. Yeah. Hey, so back to the Tula Griffin conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What do we learn from this?
4: Anything? I think that. I think that one thing we've learned is that, and it may not happen to your school, State Ole Miss, but at least once a year, twice a year, you're going to see guys do this, put themselves out there, and see what they, you know, what kind of offers they can fetch. And you know, I don't have anything against that. I'm an American. I'm a capitalist so go 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 for it guys but at the same time I get the annoyance of fans who just want to the players to be as loyal as the they are I get that but it's just never going to happen especially not in this day and age
3: so less than ever before right man but fans yeah. aren't loyal and this this is an example but it's not just Mississippi state fans this is just the example we have we saw the reaction when Tulu hit the portal. We see the reaction when quarterbacks throw a couple of interceptions or a guy drops a pass or a kicker misses a kick. The the people crying loyalty, you're not loyal either. You're only loyal to the people that do well in the uniform that you like. Bad players wearing your uniform, you want gone just as much. The the, the cry for loyalty is just another stretch that, that people are doing. You want them to be loyal to you when you're not loyal to them. Explain that. Well, there is another layer to this too, right? Um,
2: all the players into the transfer portal. This is a tool for players to use to to transfer to better situations. It wasn't created for them to get better NIL deals. It's being used for that. You know who else is using the transfer portal? Coaches yeah. to process players that they don't still want there. I mean, no. Look, if, if your coach tells you you need to go find another spot to play. And you enter the transfer portal, you're not putting that on Twitter. You're not saying, Coach Arnett told me there's really not a place for me at Mississippi State. No, on Twitter you're putting out that you're excited, you're thankful for your time at Mississippi State, but you're excited to explore other options. Right? If if you get processed, you're not telling everybody you got processed. You're saying that you're moving into the transfer portal. Yeah. To, exactly. To see what other options are out there. But we can guarantee that that's happening
3: everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like that before. It's just one, people made jokes about Nick Saban processing guys, and two, it was a math equation 85 scholarships, right? But schools are signing 25 guys a year. Now, that's changed, but where did the 15 extra players go? Where did they go?
4: It happened in this state this year. And and without saying the player's name, we all know who it is, and it worked out for everybody in in that situation. So, yeah, it happens.
2: I'm trying to think who you're talking about.
4: It's not hard to think about. It's not hard to figure out. Hmm.
2: So... Tula Griffin, back in Starkville, same face, same place. In Oxford, new faces from other places. Walker Howard, as I think had been expected for the last 24 to 48 hours, signed with Ole Miss this morning. And the Ole Miss quarterback room looks a lot better today than it did yesterday. It has grown by 100%. It, it <laughs> literally it <laughs> as we sit here today, you have Jackson Dart as a returning starter, and you have a former five-star high school football player coming in to presumably be the backup for a year. Presumably,
3: possibly too, if possibly. Dart doesn't take a step forward. But,
2: but uh, a really talented guy in Walker Howard, son of an SEC football player. His legacy at LSU didn't work out, and, and and there are people that have wanted there to be more than they w- have wanted there to be more there there, as it pertains to LSU. I think it's simple. I think they got two other good quarterbacks on the roster, and he was third, and he didn't want to be a third string quarterback in the SEC. He wanted to at least be a backup
3: where he was a snap away from it being his team. Yes, it, so many people overcomplicate so much, and this is a perfect example because I've seen a lot of that. Why would he leave? Well, that doesn't make sense. LSU greater than Ole Miss, all that stuff. But to your point, you're exactly right. You're a turned ankle away from being the starter at Ole Miss, as it currently sits anyway. You are two turned ankles away from being the starter at LSU. Two, in my opinion, and I would assume most academic scholars agree, is a greater number than one. So do you want to play? Do you want to take meaningful snaps? And as the backup you know you're not running scout team. You're also preparing for game week. You get into games. Almost plays Mercer in the season opener. If they don't add another quarterback, yeah. guess who's going to play a lot against Mercer? I don't know who LSU plays in week 1, but let's pretend it's Mercer State. Guess who's not going to play a lot against Mercer State? The third string quarterback. It's just simple math and people just try to overcomplicate it all.
2: I mean, Walker Howard last year at LSU as the third string quarterback was 2 for 4 for 7 yards. He did get to play in the bowl game when they won like what was it sixty seven to ten or something like that. (laughs) Something (laughs) like that. I mean, I I don't know what the score was, but it was in that neighborhood. So a really talented pickup for Ole Miss, and you feel a little bit better about the quarterback position. And frankly, and that's the weird. This is the weird thing about the transfer portal. The transfer portal is different from National Signing Day, right? The Nas- National Signing Day is a water hose that is connected to a fire hydrant that has an on-off switch. It's not even a fire hydrant where you got to like, crank it and the water slowly starts. It's like there's an on-off switch, and this rush of water comes out all at once. That's National Signing Day. Twenty-five names used to appear on a whiteboard or a press release or whatever, and you're like, this is the future of the football team. Well, this is National Signing Day, last couple of years under Lane Kiffin, is more like a gentle sprinkler, uh, uh, just a garden hose with a trickle. Right, you, you get a little bit of a splash on National Signing Day where you see 12 names, and then it's a little bit at a time. Right, it's a linebacker here, wide receiver here, wide receiver here, oh there's a quarterback, or well, they're talking to another quarterback, there's a defensive lineman, of there's a safety, of you know, do you add a tight oh there's a tight end? And then you look up one day and you're like, Wow, that garden hose trickle just flooded my backyard. Because it it never turned off. It wasn't the big splash, rush, everybody celebrate at one time. It was player here, player here, player here, player here, and all of a sudden you look up, and and they're not there yet. They're getting closer. You filled out a class. You filled some needs. You have replaced in areas of concern. And interestingly enough, Ole Miss has not just done that with players. They've they've kind of done it with coaches. I, I said to somebody a little while ago, Lane Kiffin is on the verge of having put together a really good coaching staff. You, know, you you looked at his staff last year, and it was good staff, but it wasn't a staff that scared you. It wasn't like, man, that's a bunch of elite recruiters or that's guys that have been in the game for fifteen years and have won at every stop they've been as a position coach. It was just you know some guys that had pretty decent resumes. It wasn't like when you had D.J. Durkin on your staff as a defensive coordinator who's a former head coach. And and so now he's gone out and he's gotten Pete Golding to be a defensive coordinator. They got the guy from Maryland. Last name, Wes, is it Neighbors? The third. Wes Neighbors the third, who's a veteran in coaching circles and is known as a good recruiter. I think a couple of other guys they're kind of going after. It's been a much different offseason for Ole Miss than anybody would have expected. Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's been exactly what people expected. But as they get closer to the start of classes, which begin on Monday, it's starting to look more and more like a pretty decent football roster and a pretty decent coaching staff. We'll be back. Sports Talk, Mississippi.
1: Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. Thanks as always for being with us. You want to be part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line. Right now, we go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Luke Johnson joins us right now. He's co-host of the SuperTalk Eagle Hour in Hattiesburg and Laurel. It's been a little while since we visited. Luke, good to see you, man.
5: Yeah, guys, been taking care of school up in uh, up in North Carolina, so uh, glad to be back. Trying to get back in the saddle this week. Yeah,
2: I, I saw some things, I guess, on Twitter. I mean, it looked like you were were diving deep. Are you
5: doctoring? Yeah, it? I got my. No, I got a long way to go. I'm about about halfway through the program. At the end of this year, I should take my kind of comprehensive finals, and then I get cleared to write dissertation on next year. So, you figured out Sometimes what you're going to write your dissertation is. on yet? Probably going to write something. In India, in regards to like Christian martyrdom, uh, just that's what I'm dealing with some seminar papers on right now. So intense stuff, but good stuff. There
2: we go. If uh, if you need any help with that, I'm sure there are people that can help you. I'm not one of them, though. Not uh, not one of them. Uh,
5: Maybe Will East. We'll see.
2: Probably also not one of the people that you should reach out to. (laughs) If we're just being honest here, (laughs) just uh, just just keep it real. Uh, this Southern Miss basketball team, 15-4 and overall, 4-2 and in the league. They started conference playoff with those uh, two wins before the, the Christmas break. or I guess it was after the Christmas break, but before the, the start of the new year, where they, they beat Troy and they beat Appalachian State. And then a four-game road trip. Split the four games on the road trip, but now four straight coming at home. I don't know if we're calling that a scheduling quirk. Uh, or, or what, but it is odd to play and straight in conference play, either at home or on the road.
5: Yeah, I t- talked to Jay Ladner today a little bit about that, and it is a big-time scheduling quirk. The Sunbelt's still trying to... The Sunbelt doesn't do very many things that you just kind of look at and be like, they could have done that better, but this was kind of one of them. And Later in the year, Southern Miss has got to play at Old Dominion on, uh, on, a, on a Thursday and then go to San Marcos and play Texas State on on Saturday. So it's part of the expansion to 14 teams where they're trying to work that out. So this is one of those, those quirks. Ladies kind of have the same thing, but they, they didn't get, uh, I think they get like a two game homestand towards the end of the year. So where it, where it hurt Southern Miss last week, uh, I told you about this a little bit. They had a big Thursday night game on ESPN two against Marshall and their travel day was the same day, um, that the FAA, mm-hmm. um, you know, had the computer issues. And so the Eagles were like traveling for like thirty hours. Didn't get a shoot around in Huntington. They were in an airport for for like ten to twelve hours. It was just brutal. Jay said it was the roughest that they had ever been, and you kind of saw that in the first half. And but you talk about parity in this league. Nine of the fourteen teams are um, are five hundred or better in league play. Nine or four of fourteen are are five hundred or better overall. And Southern Miss right now in a six way tie for first place.
2: A six-way tie for first place at 4-2, and two. and maybe in a good position with four straight home games. South Alabama, and then James Madison, and then Arkansas State, who they've already beaten, and then Texas State as well. Uh, it'll be the first time that they have, have played them. Opportunity here, right? To, uh, to maybe create a little separation to kind of solidify themselves atop the standings?
5: Yeah, I mean you're a third of the way through the season, and Jay said today with us on the on the Eagle Hour, it's it's 12, 12 game season. You got seven at home, five on the road. Starts tomorrow night against South Alabama, and uh, the fact that they went five hundred would have loved to have been three and one, but in the fact yeah. they went two and two. They really have an opportunity. Texas State's the only only team they're facing with a winning record in the Sun Belt. So if they could go three and one right here, you know, and and uh, and end up seven and three coming out of it, would would love to. Tomorrow night, uh, South Alabama's got a huge dude playing underneath the Samuel kid, seven foot two hundred and sixty, uh, and Southern Miss has got to try to find a way to uh, to get him. They do get Alvarez back. This is a big transfer from Mercer in the offseason. Came over with Felipe Jose. He got injured in the third game of the season, and it's kind of forced Crowley and Mo Arnold to play more point. And uh, Alvarez uh, coming back, will, will play some point guard. Very good pass distributor. He won't be 100% tomorrow night. He won't start because uh, they got to get his conditioning back up. But uh, for the Eagles to have him, you know, for two thirds of the way coming down the stretch is, is really big to get him back.
2: You mentioned Crowley, the Ole Miss transfer. Austin Crowley has started all 19 games this season and is having a really good year, a career year. 17 points a game, shooting, oh, good grief, what, 49% from the field and 35% from behind the arc? He's been huge.
5: He's been absolutely huge, and and particularly in the last since they hit conference play, people have have really keyed in on Hase. I mean, he was phenomenal, you know, during non-conference play. They started doubling him. It's allowed uh, Crowley to to be you know get one-on-one matchups, and DeAndre Pinkney's been huge with with the double team. Pinkney at six eight can hit from the outside, and he's been big on the glass. But the Harris has past uh, past Saturday had a career game too with twenty two points. So with with Hase being double teamed a lot they found ways uh you know to uh, to distribute the ball but Crowley has to continue to be key down the stretch. I mean because um he has demonstrated he can shoot anywhere on the court. And I think I said this before. Not sure how he got out of Oxford man but but is welcome that he's he's here.
2: Yeah, it's been uh it certainly has been a good move for him and a guy that Old Miss could uh could use given their struggles shooting the basketball. Uh, Let's uh, let's do a little bit of a jump cut here and move uh, across campus to uh, the Pete, where we are now inside a month until first pitch. Southern Miss hosting Liberty in a three-game series. D1 Baseball's Top 25 poll came out yesterday. I think it was either yesterday or the day before. Southern Miss preseason number 18, a lot of pieces back. There are some new faces, uh, especially in in some important spots. But uh, this is another baseball team that uh, folks think highly of going into the year.
5: Yeah, people outside thinking highly, but uh, we, we had some ticket office guys on earlier in the week. There is not a single seat available, general admission or chair this season. They are now going to sell standing room-only season tickets for the Pete uh, because they're completely sold out. There's not a, the not a seat The entire stadium now.
2: sold out with season tickets. Yes. That's fantastic. They ha-
5: after after the super regional, you know, they they got a lot of feedback, and so they uh, what they did just they basically made the general admission season tickets, and so they they figured out how many they need to sell, and so people now if they want to watch the Pete, you need to go ahead and buy that season <laughs> uh, standing room only season ticket.
2: And and like most places, right? I mean, you buy the standing room only ticket. Most weekends, most games, there will be some seats available somewhere, and you'll be able to sit down. It's just when you get to that massive weekend series where you're playing for a conference title or you know it's a huge rivalry series or something along those lines where you may have to stand up
5: sure and and uh, you know you got Dallas Baptist coming in this year you got Liberty coming in this year conference you got South Alabama and and Lafayette coming in and it's just it's going to be really 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 exciting and they just released the attendance numbers I just continue to think it's phenomenal everybody knows what State and Ole Miss puts in but Southern Miss Eleventh in average attendance, ninth nationally in overall attendance last year. That's just absolutely phenomenal for a mid-major program to have that much support. Just, Which I, th- I think. Go ahead.
2: go ahead. No, no, I was going to say just shy of five thousand per game. Is there a scenario where they can can eclipse that mark for an average per game? I mean, are there simply enough seats in there to be able to do that?
5: I, I mean, there was a um, there was a what ten thousand. 000- people <laughs> for the super regional uh officially so it was it was a it was a big crowd you can bring LSU in and people will be hopping over the uh the, the the fence but yeah i mean realistically um i think they can push that it's just a matter of you know how many people they can fit they're eventually going to have to do something i think there was some architects walking around uh you know during the conference tournament where they had three straight weeks of postseason baseball just trying to figure out what they can do in the future yeah
2: uh, Tanner Hall, obviously the, uh, the anchor of this staff coming back, the, uh, the junior right-hander, so good a season ago. What else do we need to know on the mound?
5: Um, Matthew Adams comes back. Of course, you got Isaiah Rhodes um, out of the bullpen. Uh, kind of uh, two kids, young kids that we're excited to see. Nico Maza. he came in late in the Super Regional, threw mm-hmm. well. Uh, but J.B. Middleton out of Benton Academy in Yazoo City, uh, he received some national precious lately he's a freshman and he's hitting around 95 so uh, they they got the pieces um you know but but offensively with tate parker coming in matt etzel who has been called the best juco player coming in anywhere in the country uh, they're loaded in the outfield with Wilks and Peto. so should should be good
2: chandler best stick to the bullpen or do you think you possibly see him in the rotation
5: He's injured. Uh, he has an elbow injury, and I I believe he will uh, not be available this year. Yeah, it's tough. Ugh, it's tough one. gross. I uh, do want to mention real quick. Uh, you guys may have already sure does. You guys may have already covered it, but you know you may want to look into Dan O'Brien, the new defensive coordinator, uh, who will probably be officially named later this week. Uh, comes out of the same school as Nick Saban, and then Kirby Smart. He and Armstrong were under Smart together at Georgia, so that's going to be your new defensive coordinator. Also, it was under Belichick for a season of the Patriots. The so Southern Miss fans should see continued Nasty Bunch.
2: Have you got time where we can talk for just a couple of more minutes after the break? Sure. All right. I meant to to get to the thing, the, the football stuff, because there have been changes, and we need to spend a couple of minutes on that with you as well. Luke Johnson, Super Talk Eagle Hour, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We've got more coming up right after this
0: for the sun. Waiting for the sun. Waiting for the sun.
5: Here we go.
1: Sports talk Mississippi. Here's more. <laughs> Super talk oh, right. Mississippi. Oh, right. Oh, right. Back
2: with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Right back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Wrapping up our conversation with Luke Johnson and wanted to get to some football stuff before we uh, kind of put a bow on that. There was big news, uh, I guess it was, earlier this week. Austin Armstrong, who was the defensive coordinator, young, thought highly of in the coaching profession, also coached inside linebackers. He's making the move to Tuscaloosa. Luke going to be on Nick Saban's staff. And it's going to – we were talking about this earlier in the week. feels like, given his track record, we're going to trust Will Hall in in terms of of building a staff. And Dan O'Brien's name is now one that that people need to get to know.
5: Absolutely. Just just to finish up on Austin Armstrong, I mean, what more can you want out of, you know, a a guy coming in as young as he was, uh, two years – I, the other day, you know, I just told him, I said, thanks for bringing the nasty bunch back. Cause that's what he did. Kids responded to him well. And he was a guy that had worked with Will earlier. And, um, and so yeah, I mean, nobody at Southern Miss frustrated at all. I mean, you can't blame a guy as young as he is getting the opportunity like that to go to battle. And we wish him all the best. So Dan O'Brien, um, that, that last name may ring a bell with some people in, in the college ranks. His father, Tom was head coach at Boston College and the North Carolina State. So, uh, so Dan coached under uh, was was a GA under his dad at at Boston College, or graduated Boston College, and uh, and then he, he he spent some time with Belichick at the Patriots one year, and then he spent four years under Saban when Kirby was there as the DC. Then went on to the Naval Academy, um, and then ended back up at Georgia under Kirby Smart, and then came from Georgia to Southern Miss. So this is really the same tree that that Armstrong comes out of, and I think that's why it's a no brainer. Ah, uh, for Will to promote O'Brien to uh, to defensive coordinator, and uh, yeah, he's you know he's coached safeties the last couple of years. So what you've seen out of Malik Shorts and Jay Stanley, you know those guys uh, getting the postseason nods like they did. Uh, Southern Miss fans can really expect you know somewhat it it'll be you know a little twist on it, but it'll be the same scheme because it comes from the same tree.
2: Yeah, you you look at Dan O'Brien's picture and you're like, hold on, he he's not old enough to have done all of those things that you just talked about as well. Um, and yet he has. He's had a bunch of different stops and, uh, you know, another one of the young, bright stars in the uh, the coaching world.
5: I think so. I mean, when you look at, you just named those first three names he's been under. Plus, the time when he was uh, at the Naval Academy is when they won, uh, I think they won 20 games in two years. That was He was there during their 11-win season. So Southern Miss fans got a great uh, to be excited about. Just this past week, Avery Hobbis. Uh, he's coming back. He led Southern Miss with tackles for loss. Maples is coming back. Bozeman's coming back. Malik Shorts is going to the NFL, so they lose him. But there's a lot of pieces of this defense uh, with some of the other transfer portals in. O'Brien's going to have a, a lot uh, to work with next year.
2: Hey, who's going to play quarterback?
5: <laughs> Tykes hit the portal. He's at Syracuse. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. It looks like he's committed to Syracuse. So, okay. yeah, Billy Wilds, Holman Edwards, Zach Wilkie. Uh, I'm sure that, that Will might take you in with some experience, Richard. You could add some depth uh, to the quarterback group.
2: Feels like uh, it'll be quite the competition in spring ball and uh, maybe even rolling through fall camp. Training camp, not fall camp, training camp. Sorry, I'm out of practice. Uh, great stuff, Luke. Thanks as always for your time. Good catching up.
5: All right, guys. Y'all have a great day.
2: Luke Johnson joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We talked about it yesterday, guys. This uh, Stan O'Brien, are we officially saying defensive coordinator, or is that just rumored at this point? That's D.C. Okay. Yeah, I was just making sure. Luke said something to me in the break. You just had Luke on. What? What? Well, the reason I said Luke said something to me in the break where he said Will hadn't announced anything officially, and I was like, "Wait, hold on, did I misread or misunderstand?" So Dan O'Brien as the defensive coordinator, young, good pedigree, been a lot of good places, an opportunity, and that last thing we threw out the quarterback. Don't know.
4: I mean, that's what's going on three years now with Southern, and they they they, get, they can't figure this out. And they won seven games, kind of in spite of it, last year. But yeah. If they could ever get the quarterback position settled, they'd have a real chance there in the Sun Belt to be to be one of the top teams.
2: Right, and and it was health first, and then it's you know transfer portal and guys moving around and making changes. You wonder if there's going to be another Mississippi impact player transferring into Syracuse, right? If uh, if Taquise makes that yeah. that jump, and we'll see what he has. Of course, you had Garrett Schrader uh, doing good things at Syracuse this uh, this past year. First hour of the show is in the books, 601-879-4395. That's the number if you want to be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line. We've got a whole lot more coming up for you. We'll talk some basketball from last night. When we come back, also look at what's happening tonight in the Southeastern Conference. Borky loved it so much yesterday, we might even work a little baseball conversation in.
3: All right, let's not, let's, for you let's not and get with, crazy, with you. crazy. Hey, man, right? you had
2: some enthusiasm.
3: You had a little enthusiasm, a little, a little juice yesterday when you were talking baseball. A little bit. A L- little bit. It's, I mean, it's going to be cold for the next we 10 days, new. too, so it's going to be hard to get into base. Like today, it's like almost 80, but for the next 10 days after, it's going to be in the low 50s at best. So not exactly getting you juiced up for baseball weather.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, hour number two, coming up next.
1: Let the broadcasting of The Disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Gathered in masses, just like Four
2: o'clock hour, Wednesday afternoon with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. If you're watching on Super Talk TV, you can get a sampling right here. Hey Dad's got the uh, the, the Genteel golf shirt on. What color is that? I, I can't tell in the monitor what color you got. You got stripes today? Or is it a solid? Uh, yeah, it's gray. There you go. It's gray. The, uh, the gray and white stripe. Uh, Borky's got the, uh, Genteel pullover on in the, uh, the solid. I got, uh, the, the blue and white pinstripe Genteel pullover as well. Uh, point is, we, we love it. Like the, the three of us are different shapes and different sizes and different heights and all of those things. And, uh, all their stuff fits great and it feels great and you'll like it too. Try it online, genteelapparel.com. Or visit one of the uh, specialty men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi, including Landry's on the square in Oxford and Kincaid's. Fine men's clothing in Ridgeland to try Gentile for yourself. Gentile is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do, and that's right here in C Spire country. Check them out online, cspire.com slash business. Let's uh, let's talk some hoops last night. Uh, Ole Miss was the early start, and Ole Miss got its first SEC win last night as the Rebels went to Columbia, South Carolina and got a seventy to fifty eight victory. Michael Borky had a, a thought on that game
3: earlier today. Uh, kind of a, a bad joke, but I mean, when you consider the the greatest mysteries in in the world, um, like the Bermuda Triangle, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Or who the Zodiac Killer is? Things like that just doesn't make any sense, right? South Carolina winning at Rupp. Is on par with disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why was
2: Al Capone's vault empty?
3: Right. Where's Jimmy Hoffa? Yeah.
2: You're not old enough to remember it, Borky. Hey, Dad, do you remember when they did the special in 2020? Yeah. yeah. Was it Nothing Geraldo or
3: John Stossel?
2: It
4: was Geraldo, Geraldo, yeah. yeah
3: they, they taught us
5: about it. That was like in, the uh, first
4: time... Geraldo was, like, nationally famous. Mm. I always remember, like, he had that show for years, and I was always like, that's the guy who, like, had nothing in the vault. Why is he famous?
3: Yeah. Yeah, they taught us about that in J school. You got to know first? Pretty much. Although it was good TV. A lot of Mm don't-make-yourself-the-story lessons, and as we've learned, I mean, journalism is such a loose term now. But
2: this is a bit of a tangent that we have gone down the road of, Uh, but, but your
3: overriding point was... Among those mysteries, this South Carolina team winning in Rupp is on par with that. It doesn't make And they dominated the game from start to finish. I mean, they won in Rupp. It wasn't a fluky night where they hit 17 threes on 19 attempts or whatever. They just beat them. Since then... Kentucky has gone on the road
2: to beat, at the time, number 4 Tennessee in front of 20,000 people at Thompson Bowling Arena and come back home and played a very lackluster first half only to pull away and win by 15 against Georgia. Meanwhile, South Carolina since then has lost by 43 at home and then by 12 at home to a team that was previously winless in Southeastern Conference play and winless on the road. Ole Miss got 23 points last night. For Matthew Morrell on eight of fifteen shooting, five made threes. He also had nine rebounds. If you followed Kermit Davis, his only criticism, his only point of emphasis of Matt Morrell as he has continued to grow is he's got the rebound better. We gotta have guards that rebound, guards that rebound. Last night Morrell rebounded. Twenty-three points and nine boards, a double double for McKinnis last night, fourteen points and ten rebounds, almost got eight out of breakfield. They got eight out of Amari Abram. They got seven out of Josh White, who sorry, James White, who got the start. Not a whole lot off the bench, although T.J. Caldwell had a decent night. Eight points. Free throw shooting was not great. 54% from the line. Almost fortunate that that didn't matter at the end of the game. They go 14 of 26. But guys, what's the difference in winning and losing in the SEC? It ain't defense and rebounding. It's making shots. My friend Mark Wise, who I've worked with a bunch on uh, on television, is like, man, coaches talk all the time about playing lockdown defense and rebounding. That's dumb. You want to win games? Go make shots. Last night Ole Miss shot 46% from the field and 42% from behind the arc. And they won. They won. It's that simple. Make shots? Win games.
3: I mean, yeah. It's like rocket surgery over here, guys. It is. And, you know, I did an interview this morning, and they asked if, if they had turned a corner. And I said, tell me when they play somebody competent, and I'll let you know if they've turned a corner yeah. offensively. Come on. I mean, it's it's hard to take. I mean, that's what Matt Morrell needs to be on a nightly basis. And even then, it's probably still not enough. But if they're going to win games mm-hmm. against teams that are not atrocious – then he's got to be like that on a nightly basis. It did kind of appear that the whole make one mistake, get yanked thing was less common last night, so, so that was good to see. Well, there aren't as many bodies also. True. I mean, Deshaun Ruffin was not available. Ewan was
2: not available again last night. Now, they played, what, ten guys? uh 11 guys in the game but uh you're right there there were more consistent minutes for the uh, starters and I think that makes a difference hey, look the flip side of the whole make shots win games thing south carolina shoots 37% from the field and they go 6 of 24 from behind the arc they didn't make shots they didn't win a game got out rebounded as well so there you go make shots win games make 8 of 9 three pointers in the second half Good chance you're going to win a game. That was the story in Starkville last night. I'm sorry. That was probably not a clean
4: enough transition.
2: Is there anything else we need to say about Ole Miss after that win against South Carolina?
4: No. (laughs) Don't let the Rebs get hot? Uh, Nah, probably not. Let's see a little. Now look.
2: (laughs) they got to go to Arkansas on Saturday. Early tip. 11 a.m. on ESPN2, and Arkansas got some issues. Not playing great. Feels like a really I mean, difficult environment to walk in. You go win that one? And
3: okay. Then, and then you're 2-5 and five in the SEC.
2: You're 2-5, and five, but the schedule gets a little bit easier, and maybe we can talk about... Eh, We'll see. Let's see what happens.
3: If you're two and five, you gotta finish eight and three to give yourself a puncher's chance at maybe being on the bubble. Oh, stop with bubble talk. I'm not talking about bubble talk. Oh well, then I'm Talking about respectability, matters. man. Yeah. Yeah, not, not talking about respectability. So
2: So that's what's uh what's up next for Ole Miss. They got uh Arkansas on the road on Saturday. They host Missouri, then they go to Oklahoma State. I don't know if you guys watched any Big 12 last night. Man, the Big 12 in basketball is fun right now. I know we're supposed to say SEC, whatever, because of where we live. The Big 12 and the Big 10 are infinitely more fun right now in basketball to watch than the SEC. And it's not
3: even close. And we're up against a break, and so we should spend more time on state than this. So I'll just point this out. Kansas yeah. State last night, incredible scene, right? Unbelievable. Fan storm the court Coach gets up on the scores table with the microphone and is doing chants and going nuts, and the players join him up there. Incredible scene! Don't forget that Greg Sankey and the SEC want to eliminate that from their conference. What happened in Manhattan, Kansas last night was college sports at its absolute finest. It was perfection. It was beautiful. It was emotional and Did you fun. See the play they won the and game. Cr- all yes. Them? And you want to take that scene away from the SEC. In fact, they had that little wait, wait, working what, group. What are we talking about now? Greg Sankey in the SEC. Remember, they formed a little working group to try to figure out how to de-incentivize uh, and court storming because it keeps happening despite the hefty fines. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's loser stuff. Manhattan was nuts last night. And if it happened, if Mississippi State had beaten Tennessee last night, they would not have been able to to replicate that scene because Greg Sankey doesn't want that to happen. College sports are supposed to be different. You don't storm the court in the NBA, do you? No. No. What separates college basketball from the NBA? Because it's not quality of play because NBA players are better. It's not shot making because NBA players make more shots. It's the environment. It's the scene. That's what makes college basketball better. And you're trying to corporatize it and make it the NBA with worse players. Come on, Greg. I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's a
2: safety thing. That's what they've done. Looked pretty safe in Manhattan last I night. I don't know. I mean, they, they didn't tell you about the kid that turned his ankle and broke his leg and got trampled. I feel like that would have been announced by now. Hey, here's the larger point about Kansas State. They're 16-2 and two right now. You know what they did last year if they went 14-17? and 17. The year before that, they were 9-20. and 20. The year before that, they were 11-21. and 21. They've been really bad for the last three years. You can turn it around in one year. When that head coach got that job, he had... Two players on his roster. And now he's 16-2 and two and just knocked off Kansas, the reigning national champs, at home in a great scene in Manhattan, Kansas. Sports Talk Mississippi. Talk State and Tennessee next.
1: It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for spending part of your Wednesday afternoon with us. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. 218 hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Book your tee time online today at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Mississippi stayed in Tennessee last night. The, uh, the Bulldogs were in this one. I mean, they were really in it. Hey, Dad, you were there last night. Um, what, tied at the half? Walk us
4: through it. Up nine in the first half, and then went on a little bit of a, of a cold streak, and that allowed Tennessee to tie it up before they went into the locker room. Then back and forth for most of the second half, and then Tennessee finally gained control there with about maybe five, six minutes to go and, and never let it get away from them again. State's defense was outstanding. Outstanding in the first half. Held Tennessee to 2 of 15 from behind the arc. Forced 11 turnovers. And that's what was keeping them in the game. And then in the second half, that, well, that wasn't the case. They, yeah, only 4 more turnovers in the second half. And Tennessee shoots 8 of 9 from behind the arc. Uh, even without Viscovi, who was out last night, uh, Tennessee was able to get enough uh, from Ziegler, who played all 40 minutes. Uh, finished up with 24 points. Really played well for them. But... Again, I, I I don't like moral moral victory doesn't work, but maybe encouraging loss again. State was better from the three point line last night. They were around where they were at the free throw line last night in the sixties, which you know better than the
2: forties. Sixty four is better than
4: thirty eight. Yeah, I thought they played pretty. I thought they played well on defense. Um, they were definitely out athleted last night for sure. Tennessee just. Better players inside Uh, I think Tennessee had nine block shots in the game And a lot of those were at the rim If not right at the rim Uh, There should have been some easy makes for State Tolu Smith had a double-double But he didn't play particularly well The big guy was Shaq Moore The career-high 20 points for him Uh, State played with good effort It's still there And if they play like that on Saturday They'll have another good chance to win against Florida But between these next three games Florida, then you're at Alabama, then you have TCU Those are three tough games he yeah. really should. You really need to find a win in here, or it's going to. You know any. You know faint NCAA chances, and they're still on the uh, the Lenardi bubble. If you look at his bracketology, you know they're going to start slipping away at some point. The good news is, once you get through this stretch, you only have one more game against a ranked team, unless Kentucky gets back into the poll. So you have some easier games coming up. We've talked about that with two. There's still two remaining with South Carolina. Two remaining with Missouri. Missouri's been good this year, but. They're not world beaters. You have the game with Ole Miss. You have the game with Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. You have the opportunity to get some wins down the stretch. But right now, they, they just need a win in this next three games, I think, just to get some, to get their net back up into the 40s. You know what's, what's crazy to think about with Tennessee? I mean,
2: Zakai Ziegler goes for 24 points in 40 minutes. He's not a normal starter. He normally comes off the bench. Yeah. Santiago Vescovy's their starting point guard. Now, he'll slide to the two, and Ziegler will go to the point, and they'll play with those two guys on there. Ziegler's not normally a starter, but he is a spark plug. And, I mean, the starters for Tennessee went 37-28, 21-40, 34 minutes last night. Tennessee only played eight players in the game. Yeah, And uh, three of them were in, uh, in double figures. Phillips had 18. Um, James had 13. And he's really kind of rounded fully back into shape. Josiah Jordan James, who hey, I didn't know existed until about three weeks ago, um, but now he does. Triple J. And uh, is it pl- plot? He's the player that, that nearly right? ran over. Uh, no, nearly ran over bully last night. Yeah. Well, it's not his fault that there was a dog sitting courtside.
4: I didn't. I didn't say it was. No, I no, no, just said he was the player. Yeah,
2: yes, I understand. I understand. Um. So there you go. Seventy to fifty nine. Tennessee wins over Mississippi State. Vols are now fifteen and three overall, five and one in the league. Mississippi State falls to twelve and six. They are one and five in conference play. And I think, hey, dad, your point's a good one, right? I mean, hang it around. But you're now a third of the way through the league. There is time still to make up a bunch of ground, but it'll get late early.
4: Yeah, especially if you if you look at next week and you're one and seven in the league, and then you lose it at to, to, to TCU next Saturday in the in the Big Twelve Challenge. At, at that point, you, it starts becoming they need to string four, five, six wins together. Yeah, and that's going to be tough to do. It's just going to be tough to do.
2: I mean, if you're if going to beat do that, Florida, yeah, if you're going to yeah. do that, the stretch where you have to do it. Is South Carolina on the road, Missouri, LSU, Arkansas on the road, Kentucky, Ole Miss on the road? You want to win six in a row, yeah. that's where you win six straight.
4: And even then that would be incredibly difficult.
2: Yeah, because they don't shoot the ball well enough to win that one. Right, right, I mean, right. Sh- should, should we rewind to the previous segment? You want to win basketball no. games, go make shots. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You
2: can play I, lockdown I defense. I thought you were talking about state. Yeah, 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 you can play lockdown defense. You can turn another team over. You can out-rebound them. Those things are important. Sometimes that will win you games. You want to win games on a regular basis? Make shots. State's not a great
3: shot-making team unless they change their DNA as the season goes along. No, I mean, let's be totally honest. Their issue is not correctable right now. No, it's not. It's not. They, they, they the need season. shooters. Uh, how many times last night where game was, what, one, two points, four points, they were up one, up two, whatever in the second half, they would get an offensive rebound, kicking out to an open shooter, he'd miss it. They'd get another offensive rebound, kick it out to a different shooter, he'd miss it. There were so many chances to have that shot in that game, and time and time again, they just missed it. And that is more of a product of... You hate to say it like this, but it's just true. It's more of a product of not having the person that can consistently make those shots, as opposed to anything that Chris Jans can do to fix it between now and you know the the drop dead date to make the tournament.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. I've said it a few times on the podcast, and I don't know if I've said it here, but if Iverson Molinar had just come back from Mississippi State, they would be a much better team. Just to have a guy that you could trust to shoot the basketball that could create his own shot that could give you some offense i mean he would be a huge difference maker for this team
2: net rankings at this point for the uh, for the sec you got tennessee at number 2 in the country that's it's uh, pretty good alabama 3 arkansas despite some of their troubles in league play 27 auburn 28 kentucky despite some of their issues 39 florida 48 Missouri 51, Mississippi State has slipped to 53. They were as high as, what, 5? 6? Mm-hmm. Way early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, early. it was early. Yeah. It was early. Texas A&M. Well, that's, Aggies getting hot again. Kind of like they did last year. They're at 55 and trending up.
4: What were you going to say? I was going to say it's like they're, they're not playing well right now, but you just said, I mean, of these, they're, what, 1-5 in, in the conference. Mm-hmm. Four of those losses are to teams in the top 28. Three of them are to top three. Sure. I mean, and this is the time, for me, I think state has these last two games has played better than they played against uh, Georgia and Tennessee previous to that. Whereas this time of year, last year and previously under Howland, this would be the time they start slipping. This would be the time they're like, gosh, they're really, they were playing better than this a couple weeks ago. I think they're playing better than they were a couple weeks ago.
2: And you know the crazy thing, hey, Dad, is Mississippi State being at fifty-three in the net is it's a function of a couple of things. One, they had that high ranking early, and so there was a lot mm-hmm. of wiggle room for them to fall and yet not be in the triple. Which we digits. talked about, yeah, yeah. Here's the other part. It's a little bit of an anomaly when you look at their schedule because their non-conference strength of schedule was like two eighty.
4: It's not great having that quad one win over uh, I think Marquette. Yeah. And then for a long time Utah was a quad one win that has slipped a little bit uh as well but yeah I
2: mean think about this Mississippi State is at 53 in the net which is about 10 spots from being squarely on the bubble and yet they are 2 and 6 against quad 1 and quad 2 teams. They just haven't had a single slip up. They're 10 and 0 mm-hmm. against quad 3 and quad 4
4: That was a problem last year for state. They had they lost a couple games in the non conference, they should not have lost.
2: Yeah. I mean, you look at Ole Miss right now at 103, they've got a quad four loss, they've got a quad three loss. They're eight and two in quad three and quad four games, and then nothing to balance it out, right? I mean, one and seven in quad one and two. There certainly is no more room for Ole Miss for slip ups. Uh, Never mind. sorry i like, like I'm, I'm so i'm so used to let's paint the picture let's let's lay the map out there is no map right now no
4: you'll be Arkansas. States is fraught with peril yeah say. yeah
3: no, it's 8 and 3 for Old Miss. That that that's your and you have to win the what is it? Oklahoma State that they're playing. Yeah, on the right. yeah, yeah so you got to go 9 and 3 down the stretch for a team that started league play 0 5.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV more coming up after this.
1: Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: Brought to you in part by Visit Oxford online. You can find them at VisitoxfordMS.com. That's VisitoxfordMS.com. Find the complete calendar of events for the uh, the stuff that is coming up with a, uh, a busy spring in and around the Oxford area. And April is going to be a particularly busy month with uh, double decker final weekend of the uh, month of April. You get that Morgan Wallen concert, which is happening the uh, week before. Three home SEC baseball series in Oxford in uh, April as well. Here's hoping that uh, it's no April showers bringing May flowers. We'll get March showers to bring April flowers. Just lots of sun and lots of 80s in April. That's what uh, that's that's the request for this year. It's not too much to ask, is it? I don't think. I don't think it's too much to ask. Good to be with you this afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Um, what do we know about Kendall Briles and TCU?
4: That it's done. Okay, that is something weird's going on. And he is headed to Fort Worth, and Mississippi State dodged a huge bullet. In all likelihood,
3: you, you keep you
2: keep beating that drum. You're, you're convinced I, I that if he it. had been, the offensive, been named offensive coordinator at Mississippi State and this job popped up, he still would have gone to Fort Worth? hmm Arkansas offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles is expected to accept an offer from TCU to become the program's next offensive coordinator. He's been weighing an offer from the Horned Frogs since the weekend. And on Thursday is expected to say, yes, TCU's offer to Bryles comes in the wake of Garrett Riley, leaving to go be the offensive coordinator at uh, Clemson under Dabo Sweeney. Browse coached under Art at Baylor in the uh, from the, the late 2000s to the uh, teens, from 2008 to 2016, and they were really good. Prior to Arkansas, he spent a year at FAU, a year at Houston, and a year at Florida State. So he did a lot of bouncing around. So what? Kendall Briles seems to always be deliberate before pulling the trigger on one of these opportunities or choosing to stay at Arkansas. Why is that? Borky, you said a second ago you think there's something
3: weird. What, 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 what do you think is weird? Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, you know how you can tell something's off and you only have anecdotal evidence to know? Mm-hmm. Like th- this isn't. Do oh, you, you, you think this is Arkansas weird? I think this is Arkansas weird. Okay. Not not Kendall weird or TCU weird. I mean TCU just played for the national championship. I know, I know what happened in the game, but they did, and they're portaling really well. Yeah. And it seems like uh, they've got a lot of things going for them. But th- there's the Briles history in Texas, and I mean TCU was in the conference, and if you read about. There are a lot of TCU fans that do not like this. It, because you can read about Kendall Bryles, and it, it, he wasn't art for sure, but he was around and he was implicated in some of the stuff. And going back to that conference in that state is, is not received completely well, and, and that would be a place you may not want to go back to. The turnover at Arkansas that you're talking about. So that, that's so very what unbelieves. I keep going back to. It's all anecdotal. Like you, you, you couldn't convict Sam Pittman on a crime with our evidence, but the evidence is pointing to, hey, something's, something's weird over there. Something's what, wrong over there. What 28 in the portal at Something one point like that, and they're not. It doesn't appear that they're replacing that with, equitable players, right? I mean, if you lose a wide receiver to the portal, and you add a wide receiver. With a similar pedigree or really good production, then so be it. Ole Miss is a good example. Jalen Robinson just hit the portal. Kid didn't play, not productive at all. So you, didn't you he just signed an NIL deal. <laughs> I mean, you know, those aren't bonding. Yeah, um, where? Which is why you don't give them lump sums. You do it over the course of a season, and, and that's what they're doing in any way. But you lose him, but you added former five star. Flash. Right? So you lose a guy that hasn't been productive. You add a guy that hasn't been productive, but at least it it, it feels like it's one for one. Or you can add the guy from Louisiana Tech whose name's escaping me who caught 1,000 yards worth of passes last year. So in that particular example, you lose one, you gain one that is probably a net positive. It doesn't strike me that Arkansas is losing and then gaining net positives a lot either. It's not just that they're losing guys. It's they're not replacing the guys they're losing with guys.
2: Guys, guys, guys. Yeah.
3: Defensive coordinator Barry
2: Odom leaves to be the head coach at UNLV and he took Michael Shearer with him who was the linebacker's coach to be the defensive coordinator there. Okay, explain those two things. Head coaching job, position coach goes to a coordinator. Dowell Loggins was hired away by South Carolina. Dominic Bowman resigned before being hired away by Temple. Not to mention... I don't know. It's like Morky, On the one hand, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's weird. It feels like a strange vibe. And on the other, I'm going. Or is this just college football right now? I mean, four, pos- two coordinators, two position coaches, twenty guys on your roster.
3: Yeah. Go out. Twenty more come in. Is that just college football now? But they just went six and six. Yeah. That's that's the thing. It's you know when you're winning and you have turnover, it's fine because that's why turnover happens. But they weren't good. Which makes Ole Miss going up there and playing the way they did even more inexcusable. But uh, that's what happens when... eh, You know what? Never mind. Um, But they weren't good. And this is happening after they weren't good. The
2: dynamic of, of Kendall Bryles back to the state of Texas is... It's really, like, interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you go and you read, like one of these these Twitter posts where somebody says, you know, Kendall Bryle's expected to become next offensive coordinator at TCU, and you start reading the replies, and I know Twitter's not the real world. Not entirely. Man, there is a lot, a lot of anyone but, absolutely not, I'll turn in my fan card, which, come on, that's not happening. But you know what? what people mean.
3: He was there for all of it at Baylor. He just was. And his name's involved in some.
2: Yeah. Um, Hey Dad, ceasefire text line. I know you are a pessimist, but if Riles had accepted the reported $2 million offer from State... He would not have immediately jumped to TCU.
4: What if TCU had offered him 2.25? Are we sure State offered him 2? That was what was rumored.
2: Why would they have offered him 2?
4: So they wanted to make a splash. Mm. Okay.
3: That means what did they offer Mike Bobo? Two and a half, three? <laughs> Nothing. A bag of chips. No,
2: I, I was not being. I mean, I was being genuine when well, I said. I was said, thinking. Say what?
4: Just saying. I'm just saying. Like, give them like making nine million a year, it'd be all right.
2: No, no, I, I don't question that an offensive coordinator should be. I'm just he was making one six. It was like, did you have to go that big? Because Mississippi State, has I, think taken wanted, a I think they wanted. I think they wanted to with their. I
4: think they wanted to go big to try to like. Make it obvious, like th- this is the guy, this is the number one choice. Yeah, and just didn't work out. Yeah, but again, if 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 TCU just decides, you now we'll do 2.25, 2.5 I mean, I don't know how much Sunny Dykes make. I'm going to assume it's in the five six million dollars a year range. So they got they got wiggle room, whereas with State, you know, Arnett makes three point five. You, you can only do so much there. But they could have made him the highest paid coordinator, and it would have been no big issue to TCU. And yeah, he could have walked away. Plus, he might have wanted to go to the Big 12 and recruit Texas. And, and you know, they just, TC is a little, little bit better job than Mississippi State. What can you say? Mike in Oxford
2: says, Richard, can you confirm that Lane wanted to go get Bryles last year, but Keith shot it down? Uh, no, I can't confirm that. I know his name was mentioned and surfaced. I, I don't know how serious it was. I I honestly don't. I don't know, Mike, even that I knew that in real time, but I certainly don't remember that a year plus later. (laughs) We were talking a moment ago about Ole Miss, and Borky was talking about what it would take for them to get in the bubble conversation. Mike says that Ole Miss shouldn't make the SEC tournament.
3: Now they wouldn't deserve it. Yeah. It's tough, man. I was surprised when somebody asked me to talk about Ole Miss basketball. I was like, you know, baseball season's a few weeks away. They're they're doing the transfer portal. I mean, you want, you want to talk about
2: this? Okay. Michael Borky saying he wants to talk about baseball.
3: In January. I mean, the basketball team's 1-5 in, in the SEC. They lost to North Alabama. I feel like there's not a whole lot there of substance at the moment. I think we should share with all of
2: our friends when we come back what we've decided to do to uh, get ready for baseball season. Can we do that? Sure. Should we do that when we come back? Let let us do that. Coming up next, got a little plans to uh, get you ready for baseball season. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: Keep rolling. Three, two, one.
1: Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Wrapping up the 4 o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. And SuperTalk TV, you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love for you to join us. c our text line at 601-879-4395. So I mentioned just a second ago that we've got some, uh, some stuff that is coming your way to uh, get you set for the college baseball season. For how many years now? Seven, eight years? We have been doing 100 teams in 100 days. You know the whole, this day is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. How about 25 college baseball teams in 25 days leading to the start of the season? And we might throw in a couple of bonus teams for you as well. This is going to be the rundown. 12 SEC teams. Clearly, we'll preview Ole Miss and Mississippi State in their own right, so we will take them out of the countdown, per se. So you got Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, LSU, A&M, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Southern Miss. Stanford and Arizona State. Stanford because they are preseason number three, two or three in the country. And Arizona State because they are playing a three-game series in Starkville. From the ACC, Wake Forest, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, three highest-ranked ACC teams. From the Big Ten, Purdue, who Ole Miss hosts for a three-game series, Ohio State, who Mississippi State will play in a tournament, and uh, Maryland, who Ole Miss will actually play four times this year in a three-game series in Week 2 in Oxford, And then their first game the following weekend in Minneapolis in the the tournament. East Carolina, best team out of the American Conference. And then uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Texas. Mississippi State plays Oklahoma. Oklahoma State is highly ranked, and Texas is soon to be a member of the SEC. So that's either 26 or 27 teams. So next year they'll
3: be a member.
4: Should be. Should be. Should Next be. year?
3: 2024? Oh, no, it'll be 2025 for baseball, won't it? Yeah,
2: I think we're still two years away. Unless something happens. That's a shame. Yeah. League will get better. It will. I mean, you you add Oklahoma and
3: Texas to baseball, and... who? Yeah, you know, something I was thinking about the other day. State's new athletic director. I, I know Oklahoma just went to the College World Series, but they, they don't... Care about it like like we do here. They don't really care about it much at all. I
2: wonder abundantly clear by the small number of Oklahoma fans in Omaha for the championship series.
3: Yeah. So I mean, he'll be made aware that baseball is important at Mississippi State. But I I wonder. My assumption is he he has already been made aware. But still, as the head of the department, it is his department. Uh, I wonder what he thinks about baseball and, and how he'll handle that where 99% of the country couldn't possibly care less, and he's stepping into a place that cares the most. I I wonder deep down how he feels about baseball and the investment in it and things like that. Hey, Dad, am I being flippant if I say it doesn't matter
2: how he feels about baseball? Whatever his feelings are, he is now a lover of the college game?
4: He is now one of the top advocates in the country for the sport of college baseball. He is a a, a person who...
2: If he wasn't, will use, then he
4: is now. He is now. I mean, you know, it's like if you marry into the right family, sometimes you got to, you know, some things you just become a fan of automatically. You know, your wife does this for a living. You're a huge advocate of that now. Same with Zach Selman. He is now... One of the top two or three advocates of the sport in all of college athletics.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you agree with that, Borky, or, or do you think there's like some element of truth where, like, behind closed doors, he's like, "What are these people thinking?"
3: I don't know. I don't know the guy, but if you don't, I don't think you can you can force him to to. Think things, right? He's going to think things regardless. And, of course, he's going to do what his fans and donors want him to do, which is continue to invest in baseball. But there's a reason there's so few programs that truly invest, truly invest in baseball. It's not financially lucrative. If he if he's a pure numbers guy, he might look at it and think, why don't we direct some of this money somewhere else? I don't know. I, I mean, you say it's not, but
4: that would go poorly.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, I think there are a couple of places where it has become pretty lucrative. I mean, Ole Miss is going to – if you take the TV revenue money out, right, if you just talk about the sports and what they generate on their own, not the external generation that comes in, Ole Miss is significantly more profitable now in baseball than it is in basketball.
3: Yeah, but when you exclude the biggest factor, you know –
2: no, I'm just talking about the sport as it stands on its own. It's almost like the TV contract is separate. Like that money is coming regardless. I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour. College football fix, and we come back.
1: You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: What? what? This is so
1: Awesome. on Super Talk Mississippi
0: What is love
1: baby don't hurt me don't hurt me no more baby don't hurt me don't hurt me no more Yeah
2: <laughs> 5 o'clock hour Sports Talk Mississippi Pearl River Resort Studios Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them and get on the action. So much variety in there. You can just sit back and watch games if you want to. You can uh, you can go to the betting terminals and place your own bets. You can go the, uh, to the, the cash register station and actually deal with a human being. You can sit down at the Crystal Terminals right there next to the bar with games on the screen in front of you and do live in-game betting. Really cool setup, and uh, look forward to being back there soon. That's the sports book, The Golden Moon Casino. Richard Cross, Michael Borke, Brian Haydad, it is time right now for the college football fix.
1: <music> Driven
2: by Ford, this is the college football fix. You can test drive a Ford F 150. 2023 is rolling out on the lot. Visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer. There's probably one in your community. If there's not one in your community, there is one close. 2023 Ford F 150 arriving on the lot daily. F Series, 45 straight years is the best selling trucks in America. So, it looks like the Jaden Rashada to Florida saga, is reaching its conclusion. The expectation is that if asked, the University of Florida is going to release Jaden Rashada from his letter of intent. Jaden Rashada filed paperwork yesterday with the NCAA asking for release from his national letter of intent from the University of Florida, according to 24-7 Sports. He signed with Florida on December 21st, which was the first day of the early signing period. The filing, for the most part, marks an end to this saga, which has been brewing for over a week between Rashada and the Gators. If Jaden Rashada is granted his release, then he will be free to sign with or enroll at another school as a member of the 2023 class. Florida, for their part, should they choose, could take up to 30 days to respond to the request from Jaden Rashada. Harlan Rashada, Jalen's father, Jaden's father, you remember we we outlined all the players last week, if you were with us in, in this whole deal, said we're in constant talks with Florida in regards to his enrollment, but I'd like to think if he's not enrolled by Friday, there will be some challenges there to proceed as planned. That was on January the 11th. So that was a week ago. That was a week ago today when he told 24-7 Sports that. So he hasn't enrolled. Classes have started. He's asked for his release. The only thing left to say is Is Florida going to let him go. Florida doesn't really have any choice but to let Jaden Rashada go here, right? Just do it at this point.
4: Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, he's not going to show up.
2: No, 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 no. But I'm saying, you don't have. If you're Florida, you don't really have the ability to be petty,
3: right? Nor should you. I mean, at, at the yeah. root of this, uh, despite there being clearly a lot of bad actors in his life, Florida didn't collective made a promise. Do made a promise, signed a contract, decided no, we're not going to do that anymore. After it was signed, and the payments were supposed to start hitting the bank.
2: Yeah, I think Florida would prefer for the headlines not to be about them. Welching on a bet. Yeah. Not exactly the same thing, but you understand what I'm saying. You don't want that
3: reputation out there when you're recruiting these kids.
2: No, no. In in the world of NIL, you do not want the reputation of promised one thing and
3: then either couldn't or wouldn't deliver. And as we learned, it's more couldn't than wouldn't, right? They signed that contract without that amount of money available to pay. I mean, at all, let alone one player. I I was going to
2: say, but the thing is... It's not like that deal was going to require them to play, pay thirteen million in one fell swoop. No, it's not how these are structured. But still, and so Florida didn't even have the money for the down payment, or or somebody told them, "Hey, this is
3: stupid." That's also possible. What? Wait, you did what? What? I imagine when Billy Napier found out, because we can pretend like collectives don't talk to coaches and stuff if if we would like, but oh, when, care, when Billy Napier, I, we could pretend that all day when Billy Napier found out that they promised that amount of money to the quarterback he was recruiting, he was probably pretty fired up because that seems like a bad use of resources when there's a lot of holes on that roster. Beyond that tell me how you coach a kid that's making $13 million I mean the same way NFL coaches coach quarterbacks that make more than them
4: yeah. I mean it happens it happens in the pros all the time. They're older. They're pros. I mean, they're not 18. I mean, I get it, but the the money isn't the issue there. This is it's just maturity. Yeah.
3: I mean, Kyler Murray Kyler Murray's a pro, quote unquote, and he's as immature that. as a college player. So but it's a lesson, right? I mean, this is when when people screamed about sustainability and and oh, this 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 isn't sustainable, so Congress needs to step in. And my response is, from the jump, Ben, no. If it's not sustainable, let it not sustain. Yeah. When you get a school that promises a 17-year-old $13 million who's never taken a college snap at the most difficult position on the field, let alone the most important one, and it goes like this, this kind of stuff is going to stop.
2: So, Borky, you are of the opinion that there is no such thing as too big to fail.
3: No such thing as too big to fail. Everything can fail. Including paying high school quarterbacks insane amount of money. You think I would be shocked if Florida went down this road again? There's no way you could convince me that they would do this again. But and what's what's interesting? It's a much smaller scale, but but I find it really interesting that you saw a very similar situation play out here locally. What do they say in radio? Right, bring everything back local if you can. Let's bring it local. Ole Miss had a quarterback committed in their class, a four-star from Nashville in their class, for a rather significant amount of time. Then other programs started trying to get him late and offered more money. And there are some people, both fans and, and even in the media, that said that Ole Miss should have done whatever it took to keep him because you can't not sign a quarterback in the class. Seemingly forgetting that Recruiting doesn't just end in December. But still, there were people that thought that, well, you've got this war chest, just overpay. you, you got to sign a quarterback, just overpay and get him. And in reality, that would have been a really stupid financial decision. To get into a bidding war with Texas A&M over an unproven quarterback is a bad allocation of resources. It, it simply is. It doesn't make any sense. So they let him walk, and he went to Texas A&M. They ended up signing a guy with four years of eligibility anyway that was a higher-level prospect. And even if they had to pay more than what they initially offered to the previously committed quarterback, he's a better player, and you don't feel like you had to overspend and get into a massive bidding war to get him. It just makes more financial sense. So instead of Oh, just pay him. You got it. Just pay him. Just pay this high school quarterback that has only taken snaps against high school teams who may never adjust to life in the SEC because how many times have we seen that? Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again. Don't overpay. That doesn't make any sense. You don't have AM money. Let them do that and try to portal as best you can and look at what has happened. I assume they didn't think that Walker Howard was going to be available when they let Marcel Reed walk. But they knew somebody was going to be available. And look at what happened. Overspending on high school prospects when you have a limited budget compared to the oil tycoons over in College Station doesn't make any sense. And it played out perfectly for Ole Miss. It ended up being a net positive because they didn't bidding war for Marcel Reed with Texas A&M. It's a no-brainer. You know what I'm curious
2: about now Where does Jaden Rashada land? Now, you you can be of the opinion that he is not worth $13 million and still be of the opinion that he is a very good college football prospect that is likely to be a good college football player. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. So he commits to Miami and leaves because he gets a better deal at Florida he thinks, but then that deal pans out. Where is he going to go and how much is he going to get now? It doesn't feel like there are many places where $13 million is going to be on the table.
1: No, no so, shot.
2: So where does Jaden Rashada go and where does he max out on the NIL front? Far and did less. he mess up by leaving Miami in the first place?
3: Yeah, but then crypto crashed. So Who knows?
2: Wait, was his Miami deal crypto-related? Uh, I don't know. I just
3: assumed that most of the
2: Miami deals uh, were crypto-related. Crypto had been in a free fall long before that. Um, Where would you guess that he ends up?
3: Dude, I think you'd be surprised. Like Cal, Arizona State, where a couple of the teams
2: that Does popped Coach up. Does Coach
4: Prime call him?
2: I mean... No, he, he's kids there. He brought his luggage. And it's Louie. Sports Talk Mississippi. That's your college football fix driven by Ford.
1: Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: This story from the college football world. Sports Talk Mississippi, back with you. Five o'clock hour. Thanks, as always, for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Matt Weiss, co-offensive coordinator at Michigan, has been placed on leave. He's probably going to get fired. Because of a report of computer Access crimes that occurred in December at the team's football facility. The University of Michigan Police Department acknowledged in a statement to ESPN on Tuesday that they are investigating a potential crime at Schembeckler Hall, which, by the way, is home to Michigan men. The police released the statement to ESPN when asked specifically about an investigation into Weiss, though the it does not acknowledge anyone by name. The spokesman said that Weiss has not been with the team or in the building recently. Also has not been on the road recruiting for the Wolverines. Police spokesman uh, said the department couldn't share any additional information. Weiss, for his part, issued ESPN a statement that said, I am aware of the ongoing investigation by the University of Michigan Police Department and fully cooperating with investigators. I look forward to the matter being resolved. Out of respect for the integrity of the investigation, I will not have any further comment. Weiss did say, I look forward to the matter being resolved, not, I look forward to being fully exonerated or my innocence will come to light or whatever. Um... Last week, one of his neighbors, Matt Weiss's neighbors, said that uh, several unmarked cars had showed up outside of his home in what appeared to be a type of police presence. Search of his home is believed to be tied to the university's investigation. So, the online daily crime log at the University of Michigan's police department had a note on January 5th that the police received a report about, quote, fraudulent activity involving someone accessing university email accounts without authorization, close quote, at
3: Schembechler Hall. So, allegedly, he was hacking the emails of, who, co-workers or something? I mean, like, somebody in that works for Michigan, right, that is in their employee, somebody... Of which he shares a workspace with in some capacity.
2: What are you looking for?
3: (laughs) What are you looking for? Were you
2: just curious or were you put up to it? Weiss is 39, bright guy. Vandy grad, degree in economics, human and organizational development, graduate degree from Stanford, making good money. With bonuses, he's going to make over a million dollars this year. What are we doing here? we got football coaches allegedly hacking into email accounts on university computers. I mean, clearly he's a novice hacker, if that indeed is what he was doing. Because experienced hackers don't leave much of a trace, and they certainly don't leave a trace on a public university computer. I mean, boys, I will, I will absolutely put my tinfoil hat on, and we can talk about the black helicopters circling. Let's get crazy. How big a conspiracy is this? What was he looking for? Know what
4: he's—that's—that's what you got to know. And why? I got to know what he was looking for. What—what was he trying to find? Before I can delve into how deep a conspiracy is, it. Yeah, because was he just like looking in girls' emails, trying to get like? Pictures or something, or was this something like deeper? I don't know. I
3: mean, maybe he was afraid of getting – this is not the fun one. Maybe he was afraid of getting fired and wanted to find out. But again, I mean, this guy wasn't getting fired. He just got a raise. They doubled his salary from year one to year two. Maybe he's part of the probe into the program and wanted to find out what the legal counsel had on him as they were conducting their interviews and stuff with the NCAA.
2: Or maybe Coach Khaki Pants put him up to digging around in the emails to find out if anybody was turncoating on them. I wouldn't maybe, put that may- past Harbaugh. Maybe he was digging for a traitor in their midst. Maybe he's more the... Uh, the white knight here, it's a stretch, sorry,
3: <laughs> Then the villain. You know how people that are not in this region of the country want to talk about how dirty the SEC is? Here's Michigan, in the middle of an NCAA investigation where their coach held illegal practices and did illegal recruiting, or against the rules, not yeah. illegal, yeah. and now you've got your offensive coordinator getting arrested for computer hacking. We don't have stories that good down here. It's more like, you know, vigilantes or whatever. NCAA violations, paying players—maybe
4: that's what happens. Maybe a tree gets it. That's about it.
3: Yeah, guy poisons a tree and calls a radio show and Mm. brags about it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we get down here.
4: It's more wholesome in the ACC. You had you had your own people turning over the playbook to other schools. Wakey leaks. Caleb,
2: yeah. Caleb and Stark will suggest could it be academic fraud related?
3: Ooh, that's a good one. Okay.
2: We're doing some grade changes.
3: Now we're now we're getting there.
2: Uh just tuned in forty five seconds ago. What coach are you talking about? Uh, Matt Weiss, offensive coordinator at um at Michigan. Co offensive coordinator at Michigan. Arrested
4: for computer hacking. In the building. I just like to picture him sitting there in Schimbeckler Hall, clacking away on the keyboard and all of a sudden you just hear, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh man. Looks like the matrix up there on his screen. He is the one.
3: Uh I, I would love I I hope that during the course of the investigation they found that he googled how to hack into emails. I just Like, I'm tempted to do that now just to see what pops up, but I am not going to do that. Well, it's fine unless you hack emails, and now you left the evidence trail.
4: You go go to his house. He's got computer hacking for dummies on his bookshelf. Mm. He's just giving himself away.
2: Interesting that you mentioned the four dummies. I think I am about to purchase one of those books, if they make it. I need lacrosse for dummies. That's not like a spoof on my last name either. So... Obi, my son, lacrosse. <laughs> La yeah, I, I just knew. We pay homage I knew. to lacrosse. Yeah, yeah I, I knew that was coming. I just, I just got right out in front of it. Um. So Obi had his. Uh, I think I told you guys back in the in the fall. He did like kind of a Sunday afternoon try it out a little bit. First real lacrosse practice yesterday afternoon. Season gets rolling here in a couple of weeks. I know nothing about lacrosse. So tell me, is it going to be fun to go and watch a game, a match, in a sport that I know nothing about while wanting my son to do well, or should I take a crash course in the basics?
4: Well, I mean, it's like soccer and hockey had a child, right?
2: Pretty much. Oh, yeah?
4: Pretty much. get Get the ball in the net. You probably should fine. watch some yeah, like, YouTube videos, shots, so. win
3: games.
4: That's all it is.
3: Okay. You, gotta, you should watch some YouTube videos or something, though.
4: There's yeah. everything
3: you need on YouTube. Second largest search engine in the world. It's Google and YouTube. Oh, really? Really.
2: All right, here we go. Ceasefire text line. I mean, you do basketball. What's the difference? <laughs> Soccer with sticks, in my
3: opinion. More like field, but not field hockey. But it's more it's like more, hockey on a grass. It's more
4: field. like hockey on grass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um.
3: So I don't know. I've I've, I've got to learn. It's a fun sport. It's very really popular up in the Northeast for for sure. They, oh yeah, they it's absolutely Devil an Eastern Cross. Seaboard sport.
2: Absolutely. Maryland, Virginia, yeah. North Carolina, working your way up into New England,
3: Baltimore. It's working its way down here, kind of apparently. taking it,
2: kind of taking hold on a uh, on the West Coast as well. Big cities in the South, yeah, big presence there. So we'll see. See, how good. I, I, I really am going to be fascinated to see how this uh, this plays out.
4: So, Ricardo Le Cross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, the, <laughs> the French would be Richard. 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 Lacrosse. <laughs> La
2: yeah. Uh that's, oh, a, ho, that's what his catamaran had, is named. Kelso yeah, He's hanging
4: out with Peyton Chatigner.
2: <laughs> what <Well>, the <laughs> the number of different pronunciations <laughs> that went with that last name last year. Chatting there, heard that. Yeah. Peyton Ho, Ho ho. Kelso asked earlier if I said rocket surgery on purpose. You did. What do you mean, Kelso?
1: Huh? What are you talking about? Mm, From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: internet rabbit hole of epic proportions during the break. So I mentioned Lacrosse for Dummies and I thought, I wonder if that exists. It does. Lacrosse for Dummies of is, course it does. is absolutely yeah. a uh, a book that is uh, available. And I thought how much money have they made with the Four Dummies series? Don't really know the answer oh. to that. Don't don't really know the answer to that because the franchise was sold in 2001. In fact, I googled How much has the Four Dummies franchise made? And you know what popped up? Franchising for dummies. (laughs) 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 So the Four Dummies franchise built an empire by explaining it to people like they're five. Started in 1991. The original Four Dummies book was DOS for Dummies. Explaining to people how to use Microsoft DOS at an elementary level. They have a 30 plus year history. With over 250 million books sold on over 2,000 topics in over 30 languages. So, in 2001, the franchise was acquired by a publishing house. And here's how they describe it. They have supercharged it with an assembly line production model that rivals Toyota's legendary efficiency. The franchise releases now 70-plus new titles annually, but how about this? The creation model. They use search analytics to predict which topics will be winners, and then they send it to one of the already pre-approved authors along with a style guide. Editors don't wait to review a full draft. The books are edited in real time, and they are out on the shelves in nine months, from inception to shelf. I found all that really fascinating. So either, either you are eyes glazed over right now as you're driving home from work going, can we get back to football? Or you're like, huh, never had thought about that.
3: It's the strangest sporting event you've ever been to. Not like strangest game, but the strangest event. Mm. Ah. Mine's not strange (laughs) so much as you don't hear it often. I I did go to a Frisbee dog competition once. It's actually really cool. Border collies are awesome. Yeah, they are. But I guess you can classify that as strange. Jane went to
2: uh, to a cricket match in London. Okay. Yeah. At uh, at Lords, I believe it's like the ancient cricket ground there. I think they yeah. changed it up. They don't do the test matches as much. You know that lasts for like seven days. It's more of like the yeah. the three hour.
3: Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You, you bat until they right. get you out. Right. Essentially, I mean, it's like make it take it.
4: I'm Before trying you, to. Yeah. I've never been to like a really weird sporting event. I've been to a boxing match. I don't know if that, that would count, but
2: there was this basketball game inside of a uh, roofed building where it rained.
4: That's a good one. I
2: don't know if you've heard about that. That's a good one. <laughs> and what Andy Kennedy might refer to as the sad pad, I think was uh, I think that was a favorite
4: of his. I was at a football game where five points were scored total. Does that count?
2: I mean, sure, sure. There was a high school football game where play was stopped because a defensive lineman had a box cutter in
4: his sock. I don't... What? Yep. When did that happen?
2: Yep, yep, yep. It's, uh, right here in the good old state of Mississippi.
4: No, I believe where, but when? When did that happen?
2: Uh, it was early 90s. That's a cool like that happened in... Were you in the game? Were you no, playing in this no, game? No, I was not playing in the game. Okay. Uh, I was... I was not yet of age. Imagine announcing that. Play has stopped. Why? Box cutter. <laughs> what? Yeah. In his sock. <laughs> I mean, if things got rough on the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Did they arrest him immediately? I mean, I, 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 the details are was a long time ago.
4: When this show is over, you're going to text me all these details, right? Yeah, we, we kind of need to know. No, nothing. I cool need to like know that. more. I've never seen anything cool like that
3: happen. No. We, uh, a bunch of, uh, some of them were a friends, some of them weren't, but in one of our rivalry games my senior year, we played our rival twice, at the beginning and at the end. And in the first rivalry game of the season, uh, we were smoking Hillcrest. And chaos started happening in the stands, sort of. And cops were just arresting people out of the student section, pulling guys out of the student section and arresting them. And if only it was cooler. They were drinking in the parking lot before the game and got caught and, like, (laughs) throwing up on each other and stuff. Just like high school, a bunch of 16-year-old high school kids just wasted throwing up everywhere and got arrested during the game. And, like, we we were watching it happen, but it didn't stop the game, and that's just typical high school stuff. But it's about it.
4: I saw a bunch of Jackson St. Joe players spitting in each other's mouths because they had seen the program before oh, they went to the no. game. Oh, <laughs> no. I remember looking across and going, yeah, I like that movie, but uh, no. Uh,
3: sure.
2: Dwayne and Brandon says, maybe yeah. not a sporting event, but chasing a greased pig at the rodeo. That's
4: okay. a sporting event. Rodeo is a sport.
2: Uh, Mike in Oxford says he went to a high school basketball game in which five total points were scored. Um, there aren't shot clocks in some places where teams will score a basket and just dribble the clock out. Oh, yeah, four corners? It's 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 the four corners,
4: yeah.
2: Um, an intramural rugby match at Ole Miss in the late 70s that turned into a melee. That is from Jeff in Oxford. Uh, did you get look la- lacrosse <laughs> la- one?
4: <laughs> That's pretty good, hey dad. Look, <laughs> la- cr- I didn't send that, but yes, lacrosse one. Yeah. Uh-uh-uh. Scott suggests
2: a rooster uh, a rooster fight.
4: Yeah. <laughs> did he say rooster? He did. He, he
3: did. Scott says
2: a okay. rooster fight was the oh, same. So you can say that, that
4: word if you're state. referring to the roosters. Some yeah.
3: of these mis- Midwestern states have uh, like these weird competitions at the county fair. Saw a video the other night of a husband calling where women would call for their husbands on stage, like to get them to come in for dinner or whatever. And the screeching and the screaming was something out of a horror movie. But somebody won. <laughs> <laughs> That people sat there and listened to it. <laughs> listened to Karen up there yelling for,
2: for Johnny or whoever. Um, Chris in Summit says the strangest sporting event that he has ever attended, sitting at a football field waiting for a cow to poo in a square. I believe it's called cow pie bingo or cow patty bingo. Think that's how it's referred? Um. Oh well. John Bond just sent me a text. Why did I not know that John Bond was going to have a great anecdote to add to this conversation? I had to play a defensive end that wore brass knuckles with tape over them. Nice. <laughs>
4: That's rough.
1: Ay, yay! Yay!
2: Oh, wow. Borky asked the question, strangest sporting event you have ever been to. Hambone in the Berg says, a donkey basketball game at Stringer High in the 80s. James in Hattiesburg says, he's Sounds been like to Sounds like a Lakers
4: a- game to me. Wait, 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 you can't just go on to the next. What the heck is donkey basketball?
3: Again, it's a Lakers game.
4: Hmm. Do, 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 do. <laughs> When's Brandon Ingram playing again? I don't know the answer either.
3: Yeah, and still, in, still in third in the West. Vance going with bullet
2: toss. That's a sport. Uh, ba, ba, ba. been to a rock crawl too. That was pretty cool. This guy was the worst softball player ever. He says he grounded out three times in one inning in a church league softball
4: game. So he was all three outs. That's pretty rough.
2: Apparently you ride the donkeys, hey, Dad, and you shoot baskets while riding the donkeys.
4: It's like polo for rednecks.
2: (laughs) Yes! That's exactly what it is! It's beautiful! (laughs) (laughs) I'd play. You can't do that now, right? I mean, Peter would... PETA would crush you for riding donkeys while playing basketball, I mean, wouldn't they, they? they? can't
3: do anything. Eh. If, they, if they advocate for something, they, they, PETA engages in the Streisand effect more than they realize. If they don't like something, more people like it. Like, they want Georgia to retire Ugga, like that's their thing, and now everybody's like, wait a minute, is awesome, shut up. You get people defending Georgia when they wouldn't have otherwise. Streisand effect. Mm. You shouldn't wear fur coats. It's cold. Fur up. Makes people want to wear fur coats. Yeah. Say, when you've got you know certain people in government talking about they want to ban gas stoves, well, guess what? More people want to go get a gas stove now just because a certain politician told them not to. If you just didn't say anything, fewer people would use them. Of all the dumb things that have come out of Washington in
2: the last, I don't know, five decades, where is that on the list? Very low, but only because it's a hard bar to to clear. It's low. I
1: don't know. I don't
2: know. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll
1: wrap it up next. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Sports Talk Mississippi,
2: streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. The number of people listening to this show and communicating with us on the ceasefire text line who have been involved in donkey basketball games is staggering to me. Apparently it was a very popular school fundraiser in the 70s and 80s. Seems like it's used less now. Wait, why do we not hear Hey Dad? He's talking, but we don't. Who has. T-
4: I was doing something. <sighs> it's all right. Who had. It's been a while since I did that. You, at least I didn't talk through a break, Cross. I can, I can see the clock, at least. Anyway, who has all these donkeys? Who has 10 donkeys just ready to go for a donkey basketball game? Hmm. Somebody suggested
2: that. Actually, it was Mike in Oxford who included himself, said you'd need a Clydesdale. Yeah. Hey, by the way, John tells me that the guy, the defensive lineman that was playing with brass knuckles that were just taped up once it was discovered, they didn't throw him out of the game. They just made him take them off.
4: Must have played for Alabama. I mean, there's no other way around it, right?
2: It was a home game for for that team.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh. Hoops tonight in the SEC, three games that are going on. One of them is actually kind of fun, maybe even really fun. Auburn at LSU, that's uh, coming up in just like five minutes on ESPN2. Florida at Texas A&M, that's also at, uh, at 6 Central on the SEC Network. How about this one? 8 o'clock tonight, Arkansas at Missouri in a gold rush game for Missouri. They're telling everybody to wear gold. I feel like Missouri is good enough right now, and there's enough excitement surrounding that team, even though they're kind of up and down. I mean, they're not great, but they're better. But they've been bad for so long, and basketball's such a big deal at the University of Missouri. This feels like one of those nights where you might turn on the TV and you're like, holy cow, that atmosphere.
3: And the antlers. The antlers, the student section... At Mizzou. I'll never forget the selling point for them joining the SEC was their basketball. Their elite basketball, which was, you know, there was fallacy there in and of itself, right? Why would you add
2: anybody for basketball? It's like, hey, let's add Kansas. They've got great
4: basketball. If you were going to do that, you should have added Kansas. If you wanted basketball, you should have added Kansas.
3: Kansas would have beaten Missouri in football this year, too, by the way.
4: Well, not only that Kansas is a national brand in, in basketball. Missouri is not.
3: What they had was it Frank Hayes for a while. Frank yeah. Haeve,
2: yeah. yeah, it's more nobody in Frank life Snyder. fell upward
4: more than yeah. the, than Frank Haeve. Yeah, uh, Auburn at LSU. It's surprised Auburn's he doesn't coach the the Celtics.
2: Five point favorite. <laughs> A&M's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Florida, coming off a 43-point road win against South Carolina. And uh, Missouri favored at home tonight against the Arkansas
3: Razorbacks. What's up with Arkansas? Uh, we didn't talk about, by the Pretty way. Pretty significant it, injury. Maybe it was inappropriate, but I, I, I heard others today mentioning it. Uh, Nate Oates going with the uh, – I talked to Ray Lewis for help navigating this situation, where one of my players got arrested for murder, is uh, one of the more shocking things I've seen a coach admit to.
4: I I wish we had more than two minutes to discuss this. This should have been a whole segment. We can save it, of course, for tomorrow. Because what I just he called Ray Lewis. I guess OJ wasn't available. <laughs> oh, Nate, Nate, Nate! What? I mean, I, what? That's one of those things that Greg Byrne heard about it after the fact and was like, he did what?
3: Ray Lewis
2: is
5: reformed, though, right? He's reformed. Oh, well, he didn't mention that. He's reformed. I mean.
3: uh, You Hmm. think Greg Sankey got on the phone today and called Alabama and said, don't
4: call Ray Lewis again? Don't. Under no circumstances. You go, look, you can call Ray Lewis as long as we're not talking about murder. Yeah, just
2: you know, hey, coach. Yeah. I mean, motivational speaking,
4: linebackers,
2: sure. Let me read you this line from the New York Post. Speaking to the Crimson Tide Sports Network on Tuesday, Nate Oak said he got the phone number for Lewis who was convicted for his role in the stabbing deaths of two men outside of an Atlanta nightclub after the Super Bowl in January of 2000 quote I just thought he's been through you know a tragic situation and one of the more mentally tough athletes in my time he went through a similar situation in Atlanta he played in the NFL he told me he thought guy what uh, he told me what he thought guys needed to hear
4: Sure.
3: Sports coaches, not the smartest.
2: In fairness, Ray Lewis's advice to Nate Oates was he just kind of told me to share the word with them and pray with them. That's what they need right now. There you go.
3: There's other people that probably would have said that also. Oh.
2: Thanks for being with us. Enjoy your Wednesday night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sports Talk Mississippi.